scheduling updates for football, scheduling updates for basketball, the baseball team is in the Big Ten tournament, and hey, would we take an 8-4 and four football season right now and don't even play it out? Let's find out. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Also, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. All right, let's get the show started with some big scheduling news. And if you are just a red-blooded sports fan like I am, when it hits the middle of May, you are just fiending for anything just just to get your jollies riled up. And uh, more times than not in May, all that is is just uh, a scheduling update and not even like a concrete one. Like For, for this first one, we're going to start with the football game against Penn State on Black Friday. We don't even have like a concrete time yet, but hey, we're getting fired up about it. Something to look forward to uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday season. And then we'll get to the basketball scheduling update here in a hot second. But let's start on the football field. Reported by Pete Thamel. He uh, reports that MSU versus Penn State will be played on Black Friday. Of course, that is the day after Thanksgiving. Um, and so hey, these are starting to slowly leak out. You know, some game dates, some game times. The bulk of game times will be made on May 34th, May 31st, according to The Athletic. But hey, in the meantime, let's focus on this Black Friday game. Now, instant reaction to it? Sure. Yeah, why not? Let's let's get nuts. I, I don't really have enough ammunition to form like a compelling argument of why I should hate it. And there are some pretty passionate people out there that are very against it, but I'm like, what? <laughs> Why not? Because, uh, look, I mean, it's not like it's some great tradition for Michigan State to play on that last Saturday of every year, you know? I mean, to borrow the rivalry from the school down the road in Ohio State, that that is story tradition to play at noon on the last Saturday of the season. Not so much with Michigan State. There's no real tradition there. Also, I mean, yeah, it is going to be in a primetime slot, according to The Athletic. That will be a night game, which is... A far cry from the old concession uh, that, you know, Big Ten teams can turn down night games after the first week of November. That's something we're all going to have to get used to. Money rules everything. If the new TV networks say you're playing at night in November after all the money they're giving the Big Ten, well, Buster, uh, they can kick you off at midnight if you want to. So this is just another change of the times here we got to get used to. But also, like, the night game doesn't bother me because... That time of the year, it's starting to get dark outside at 3 p.m. anyway, it seems like. So, yeah, it's going to be a little chillier, but I look, the weather's already miserable to begin with, even if it's during the day. I mean, I can't count how many games I've been to in late November where, well, in the second half, it's dark anyway. And the weather's miserable anyway, so it's not like it's sunny and 80 on Saturday and just 30 and snowy and sleeting on that Friday. Like, it's, it is what it is, guys. It's late November weather. And then, um, also, I don't hate the fact that it's less competition, too, for Michigan State to get eyeballs on their game. The NFL is having a Black Friday game this year. That is correct. But that is a 3 p.m. kickoff. And if what the Athletic is reporting is true, that MSU versus Penn State will be a primetime game, well, 
you're not really competing against a lot. The other college games that could be eye catchers, uh, Nebraska versus Iowa, which I believe they mostly play that at noon. I could be wrong. Oklahoma versus TCU should be a good game. And then Oregon State versus Oregon should actually be a pretty good game as well. But you can see that one I don't know, kicking off at like 10 p.m., or 9 p.m. And last but least, like one argument I have heard is like, oh, well, people have their holiday traditions. They got their plans already. They're already traveling. Like, I, guys, I, I don't mean to call us out here, but that last game at Spartan Stadium every single year is an incredibly low-attended game. And no, it's not just the years where we're hoping to win to go to a pinstripe bowl. You know, where you're only getting like the real slappy fans out there. Like, even during the 2015 season, I remember the student section was, it was, hey, if you have a student ticket, you get to bring a friend for free. So, filling the stadium for that last game of the season has always been kind of an issue for Michigan State. So, no, it's not like we're going to go from an 80,000 crowd, or a crowd of 80,000 on that Saturday game, and, oh, now it's just going to be 30,000 because they changed the game. Like, nah, that's... I just don't see it that way. Now, however, there are some issues that go outside of football with this one. This is just away from our opinion. I don't know if we like Black Friday for the game or not, but there is some interesting developments, too, that Pete Thamel unearthed in his great piece, um, just with the whole limbo that the Big Ten is in with these TV networks. Uh, the new media rights deal. Uh, okay, well, Fox was promised rights to a lot of these games until date X. You know, it was like 2029 or something like that. And then NBC was promised a whole list of games here, a whole list of rights. And so they're eating into the agreement that Fox already had. There's going to have to be some money shared between these networks and the Big Ten itself to kind of make everyone happy here. And, oh, the guy that kind of organized all this, the, the old commissioner, Kevin Warren, he just threw up the deuce and then said, you know, I <laughs> That's not my problem. That, that, that's going to be your guys' problem now because I'm going to go back to the NFL and work for the Bears here. This seems pretty complicated. Good luck with all that, guys. Oopsie poopsie. Uh, so, yeah, Kevin Warren just kind of lit the dynamite stick and threw it into the Big Ten office and shut his door on the way out. But, yeah, there's going to have to be some things that are combed through here. Now, Tom Izzo also has something to say about this. Imagine that. Tom Izzo has something to say about something going on in the college sports world. That's not the Tom Izzo we know. Crazy. Um, No, but Pete Thamel did speak with Tom Izzo, and Izzo uh, voiced displeasure in the idea that, well, games are going to be on streaming networks only, potentially. Uh, this upcoming year, there might be like one you know, for our team. might be one per team, but let's not kid ourselves. It's going to grow as the years go on. Maybe, you know, three college games on streaming-only networks, and then, oh, God, five basketball games or something like that. But, essentially, games where you must buy Peacock in order to watch these games instead of just basic cable or your cable package, what have you. Izzo did not take kindly to that, but not just that, just the fact that the coaches were kept in the dark completely about this as well. And this goes back to the football field, because the coaches were kept in the dark, too, about the whole thing of, hey, we can turn down night games and most likely not play them late in November because who wants to do that? It's late. These are student-athletes. And now that's just completely stripped away, it seems like. And a lot of the select departments, a lot of coaches, we're not hip to that at all. So that's another issue there as well. So there's a lot of darkness uh, to be had here. That's that's no pun intended on the night game. But yeah, that's the what we got here. It's very fascinating. Uh, 
with everything that Pete Samuel wrote, he did an interview too with uh, Pat McAfee. Uh, actually, it was today on Monday. I recommend you go listen to that. Very, very X's and O's about like the TV rights and how much money is owed to who. Like apparently, uh, the Big Ten schools collectively are losing already seventy million dollars in this new deal, which shaves about five-ish million dollars off their bottom line before they even have done anything. So yeah, just things are going great. Kevin Warren, I gotta say, great, great time to get out, man. You, you can't knock the timing there. <laughs> so, oh well, yeah, that's that's what we got here. Black Friday. See you all there. Have you want a preview of that game? Hey, Lockdown Spartans. That's right. What a stretch of forty-eight hours though for us, man. I mean, or God, even eh, thirty-six hours. It'll be less than that. MSU versus Arizona over in Palm Desert for basketball, and then the very next day, football. Michigan State Spartans, love it. We're going to be switching to the basketball court here in a hot second. Going to be talking a little baseball and then taking an email question as well. But first, I need to talk your ear off about FanDuel Sportsbook. Gang, with the NBA action heating up so close to the finals. And, God, it could be 10 days before we see a basketball game if both these end in sweeps. I don't know. Lakers are up at halftime. Regardless... I went on FanDuel, bet a smooth, a heavy $2.50 on the Celtics to come back and win their series down 3-0 and the Lakers to do the same down 3-0. Parlay them together, $2.50 to win $400. That, of course, is not the only bet that is out there on FanDuel, whether it be NBA, golf, baseball, NHL. They got everything you could ever want there because they are America's number one sports book. And if you're a new customer, you get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. It gets even sweeter for the new customers. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Again, gang, that is FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. It's FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now let's open our calendars again, class, and let's jot down. So actually, n- not really, because they don't even have hard dates for this one. The, the Gavit Games for the upcoming basketball season. That is, of course, the conference rivalry showdown between the Big Ten and the Big East. The Big Ten ACC Challenge is no longer in our lives, and I, I'll tell you what, I'm already starting to miss it, man, because John Rothstein reports the Gavit Games that will be played, all eight of them, and we're going to go down the list here. Xavier at Purdue, Marquette at Illinois, Michigan at St. John's, Maryland at Villanova, Iowa at Creighton, Wisconsin at Providence, Georgetown at Rutgers, and then let's not forget Butler at your Michigan State Spartans. So right off the top, that's a home game, but man, when I go down that list, um, you know that sound of a deflating balloon that like, like, that's all I read or that's all I heard in my head when I read that list of games. Those are clunkers of games. And look, it's not like both conferences are packed with ranked teams. You know, you'd get really good matchups in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, like two top 10 teams going against each other or two top 15 teams going against each other. Like, right now, going into the season, and this is per ESPN's way too early top 25 list. This isn't the AP poll or the coaches poll. we got to wait months for that. But just going off the way-too-early top 25 list on ESPN, four Big Ten teams are ranked, three Big East teams are ranked, 
And one of them aren't even, or one of them isn't even playing in this. Number five, UConn, is not even in the Gavit games. So that's only two Big East teams, four Big Ten teams ranked. And none of those teams are playing against each other. It's Xavier at number 18, Purdue. Number three, Marquette at Illinois. 24, Maryland at Villanova. Butler at number four, Michigan State. Iowa at number 16, Creighton. 22, uh, ranked Wisconsin at Providence. I mean... It looks like the most appealing game on paper, honestly, might be one of the two against unranked teams in Michigan and St. John's. Rick Pitino and the Johnnies over there are going to have a ton of eyes on them. And that's a national title rematch, I guess, from 2013. Michigan, the team, versus Rick Pitino as the coach. But really, kind of a stinker. And I, if you've heard us talk about the Gavit games before this, because there were some clues, you know, oh, UConn's dropped out. Uh, oh, here, who are the teams that are in it? Who's going to get paired with who? Really thought that it was a golden opportunity for a Marquette versus Michigan State rematch to take place. And from what I understand, the, the college programs have very little, if no say whatsoever in this. This is all the networks. Um, but very bizarre that they didn't have that top five matchup, Michigan State versus Marquette, whether it be at Marquette or at Michigan State. So, whatever. Or like, hey, I said, if not Marquette, then probably Creighton. That'd be fun, you know, a top 20 showdown, get the Spartans out to Omaha on some random 9.45 p.m. Eastern time tip on a random Thursday, even though you just played on Tuesday two days prior. Like, I, something that would really challenge this team. And I got to say, like, I'm sure Izzo isn't, like, thrilled about this because Butler, not that great. Although they will be a drastically different-looking team than they were last year. But still, that's going to be a big, big rebuilding project for Thad Mata over there. Um, Now, hey, you know what? We haven't mentioned a certain player's name yet. That's right, Pierre Brooks transfers out of Michigan State after two years for Mr. Michigan Basketball. Um he lands at Butler. Uh, now, there's a lot of chatter about this of, ooh, they did this on purpose. They wanted Michigan State versus Pierre Brooks and Butler. This was their whole storyline all along. And I got to say, I don't see it there. Um, maybe I'm very naive. Maybe I'm tremendously naive. But for me, I think the storyline is more so Izzo versus Thad Mata. I mean, those Ohio State teams that Thad Mata coached against Michigan State, like those were some battles back in the early 2010s. Those were some great, great storied matchups, instant classics. Uh, yeah, so I think that's more so the storyline that perhaps the networks or whoever who organized this game was going for. I, With all due respect, and I, I probably shouldn't say that because what I'm about to say next is incredibly just mean, but honest. Like, I, I don't think that there's a lot stirring in the pot here with Michigan State playing a kid that left after two years, after he was effectively ineffective, uh, he he did he didn't really do much, guys. Pierre Brooks, I what, what do you average like three points a game? Like I, this isn't that sexy storyline of like, hey, if it was like AJ Hogard transferred to Butler or uh, Tyson Walker goes in the portal again and transfers to Butler, like sure, yeah, you could sell me on that of like, oh, star player goes down to Butler, let's bring him back home. But like, I like. I, do do the Nevers even know who Pierre Brooks is? I I would have a hard time believing that. I mean, it's not like, again, Pierre Brooks has got a whole career at Butler left. And I, I hope he gets off to a hot start. I really hope the best for Pierre Brooks. I mean, it is no harm, no foul. Go find greener pastures. Reset your mindset. Hope it all goes well. But like going back to the Davison game against Michigan State in the tournament, 
you can maybe talk yourself into that conspiracy because Foster was lighting the world up for Davidson. So that was like a matchup of, hey, look at him now. He's going to sink your guys' battleship here, but... No, I don't even know if Pierre Brooks will get that opportunity uh, to be like that prominent of a player really at Butler that early on in the season. Now, what I just said earlier about Butler looking drastically different than what they were last year, uh, they have took have, have taken on six transfers so far this offseason. Five of them average over 10 points per game. Uh, just one of those players was in a Power 5 conference or Power 6 in basketball, I guess. Posh Alexander. Point guard from St. John's, uh, he was the only Power 6 player. The other four were from smaller schools. But yes, of the six transfers, five of them averaged over 10 points per game. And that six transfer, obviously, Pierre Brooks. So just matchup-wise, it's obviously very early to get into it. We're going to see how all these players gel for Butler. But it's it's not the sexiest matchup. It's kind of, again, that deflated balloon sound. Like, oh, that would have been really cool to see. Marquette and Michigan State battle it out again, or Creighton at least, or like, I don't know how UConn got out of it, but whatever, that would have been really fun too. Instead, Butler, the team we played two years ago and beat by roughly 4,000 points, and that was with a not-so-good Michigan State team too, so I don't know. Now that I said all this, uh, Pierre Brooks will go for 37 points, and Butler will win by 12. Uh, At least we know this though, but yeah, that's the 4-1-1 on the Gavit games. No hard dates for that yet, but you could assume... Early December, late November, something like that. I don't know. Let's switch it over to the baseball diamond really quick before getting back on the football field. Uh, Hey, the baseball team for the first time since 2018 is in the Big Ten tournament. They will be playing against number one seed Maryland. Michigan State is the eighth seed. They did get a big win against Indiana over the weekend. They also got help from Nebraska beating Purdue to open up that eighth spot. So just like Nebraska did in basketball, saving, or not saving, but helping Michigan State at the 11th hour, how they beat Iowa in basketball. Nebraska really helped us with some defeats over Purdue. Uh, So yeah, 8th seed, MSU, first number one, Maryland, 7 p.m., Big Ten Network. Um, I don't know how this works out, but they have not faced each other this year. I don't know if there's a weather cancellation or or what, but you'd, you'd figure you'd face at least once during the season, but nope, Michigan State has not faced Maryland during the year. Uh, this Big Ten tournament has been being played since 1981. MSU has never won it, so hey, boys, you're due. Let's get it popping. Uh, also, just want to shine a light once again uh, on Brock Vradenberg. Semifinals for the Golden Spikes Award. That is uh, essentially the Heisman amongst amateur baseball players. Uh, that is the top 25 list. So yeah, semifinalist. I mean, you might think, oh my god, he's one of four people. Now nah, just. Top 25, which is still incredibly good, just like his batting average, 0.397. My man is batting 397 on the season. Uh, That is definitely in the top of the Big Ten, second best in the Big Ten. That is uh, top 30 in the nation as well. On base percentage of 0.488. 488 on base percentage. He is standing on first base or second base or whatever base. Almost half of his at-bats. That is unbelievable. So, yeah, um, if you're watching, Brock Vradenberg is the guy to watch. Now, let's crack open the mailbag here. Locked on Spartans at gmail.com. Logan reaches out. Reach out before the weekend. So, thank you for being patient on this one, Logan. Really do appreciate the great question here. And this is one for everyone to play along with at home. 
What is the minimum record for football you would take this year without rolling the dice on the season? I would say 8-4 and four after last year. That is going to be a number where I think the majority of the fans are at. There might be some incredibly greedy and maybe a little off base about what this team can and cannot do and are saying 9-3. and three. I ain't taking 8-4. and four. I'm not taking 7-5. and five. I'm taking 9-3 and three and nothing nothing under that, which more power to you. But 8-4 and four is probably going to be the consensus here. And I might be able to talk myself into being a coward. Just a, a complete gelatinous-spined coward. Uh, just someone that is just... I, I can't even bear to look myself in the mirror, quite frankly, because I might be able to be talking to 7 and 5. God, that just sounded disgusting leaving my mouth. But let's go through why, like, 8 and 4, I think is a 100% I take it and I run. I take it and I run. I sign the dotted line. I fan off the ink so it dries as soon as it possibly can. Look, Michigan State's over-under is... Five and a half this year. It, it's five and a half. FanDuel is telling you that the total is five and a half. So they're either thinking that you're going to win five games or maybe, hey, if you get lucky, six games. Uh, Michigan State, hey, uh, newsflash, this just in. New quarterback, you're breaking into the system here. I don't care, you know, how... Good. We all feel about the quarterbacks going in. I, I, for one, feel pretty good about them. The staff feels pretty good about them. That's why they haven't gotten another spring transfer portal uh, commit out of the quarterback position. But still, it, it's a new quarterback, and that is the most important position on the field. Uh, Penn State, Michigan, and likely Ohio State are going to be great this season. Uh, Washington... Yeah, they're going to be pretty great as well. Uh, there was just a mock NFL draft I read. I think it was the CBS Sports one. Uh, just four Washington Huskies in the first round for next year's NFL draft. That's awesome. Love to see that. So, yeah, we, we got four teams that are going to start the season in the top ten already on the schedule. You also have a road game at Kinnick, a road game at Iowa, that is. A road game at Rutgers, which... Look, road games are road games, right? And Michigan State coming off a 5-7 and seven season, I can't look at a road game at Rutgers and say, ha, easy. Uh, this, this ain't 2014 anymore, guys. Uh, Maryland is early in the year. Yes, that's a home game, but God, if, if you subscribe to this theory that uh, me and a lot of others have, that Maryland is actually a good team when you play them in September and that first week of October and they tap out in November and they're an automatic W, like... You get them in September, so I, I don't know. So like blind record, and when I say blind record, I mean like Logan isn't telling me who Michigan State is beating amongst those eight teams and who they're losing to. I, I don't even care. Like eight and four, any combination of eight and four, I'll take. I'll take it. I, I don't even care if that's like lose to Central, lose to Richmond, lose that Rutgers game, uh, and then lose to Indiana. You know, because if you beat Penn State, Washington, Ohio State, Michigan. Not only will that make for the, the weirdest, dumbest year of all time, but like, yeah, you know, it's probably a solid bowl game, I guess. But now, if I can see who Michigan State is beating and who they are losing to, I could convince myself of 7-5 and five being a thing that I signed for. And again, I can't believe I'm saying that. But look, fact of the matter is we are where we are right now. The schedule is a schedule right now. So let's say that we're looking at who Michigan State is beating and they take losses to Washington, Iowa, that road game at Iowa, Ohio State you lose to, Penn State, and then that road game to Minnesota. You know, who knows what the Gophers are going to be this season. But again, road game against a maybe decent team. You can see them losing that. Okay, that's five losses. 
but you beat Michigan. I Let's not kid ourselves, guys. Let's not kid ourselves. We would probably all take that. We'd probably take a 7-5 and five record with that win against Michigan because, look, not only is winning Paul Bunyan fun, done it plenty of times in the last 15 years, but that's going to slow this tidal wave of momentum that Michigan is on. Now, I know that there's a lot of games before that. You know, the momentum of both programs is going to be in different places at that game. But right now, as I'm sitting in this chair on May 22nd, that is something that I would take. Or, hey, you know what? Let's just get the Michigan thing out of it. You know, this. let's not have this be just a, oh, state fans only care about beating Michigan thing. No, because I got a circumstance for you that I think I would also take at 7-5. and five. And let's see if you guys would agree with me as well. Let's say you lose to Iowa. You lose to Ohio State. You lose to Michigan. You lose to Minnesota. And, well, heavens to Betsy, you do lose that road game at Rutgers. But... You win the two home games against Penn State and Washington. Guys, I I might be able to be convinced of that. I, I, I think I'm like a 55% yes, 45% no on that. And I know it's 7-5 in some glorious season. You're not going to be going to some great bowl game off that year. But not only is a bowl game a bowl game, but getting key wins back under your belt is very important. That's something that Michigan State was completely absent of last year. Yes, the road game at Illinois was a lot of fun. That was a top 25 game, but nationally, as you look back on it, like how many people are really that overly impressed by it as teams would be overly, or programs, media, fans, whatever, would be overly impressed with a win against most likely, top 10 Washington in September, and then probably top 10, maybe top 15, definitely a really good Penn State team at the end of the year as well. That's going to get you fired up with some more momentum. And that can also prove to us too that, yeah, look, there were plenty of questions about the coaching ability during games last year. That would shore up, I think, a lot of those issues. Uh, It's just getting those two big wins. So again, like let's say it's 7-5. and you lose to those big four games. You, you lose the Washington game. You lose the Penn State game. You lose the Ohio State game. You lose the Michigan game. And let's say you lose... Uh, you take your pick of the fifth game, really. It doesn't even matter. I, I don't know if I'm going to take it then. Because uh, the other seven games... Again, pick any combination of those seven games. Like, let's say you lose the Minnesota game. Um, God, let's see if I can do the schedule at the top of my head. You beat Central. You beat Richmond. You beat Maryland. You beat... Rutgers, Indiana, and then whoever the seventh team is. Uh, it's like Nebraska, I believe it is. Maybe. Regardless. Yeah, it is Nebraska, actually. Uh, I don't know if that's moving the needle for me. Like, it's 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 fine, but it's nothing that I would say, like, I'm going to sign here and just, like, not even play out the season. Like, nah, it's... Yeah, okay. Hope, hopefully, Kaden Hauser looked good, or hopefully Noah Kim looked good. Hopefully, he got some promise going into the following year, but... That, that's where I am on that. So, no, thank you again for the question, Logan. Hopefully I wasn't too rambly there, uh, but, man, God, that I'd be lying to you if I told you I never played out that circumstance in my head, even before getting that email. But, yeah, once I got that email on Friday, like, that that consumed any, like, free time I had thinking. Uh, I was just like, what? What I take it for? Absolutely, but seven and five. Hmm. All right, gang, that is the end of the show here. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to have old friend Maddie May back on because why not? Maddie May is the best. We're going to do top five happiest moments of Michigan State football fandom. It'll be a great time. Always a fun time chatting with my guy, Maddie May, later this week. We're also going to have a big recruiting segment, too, with Brian Smith. He's the locked on recruiting expert. All things 
football recruiting. How can Michigan State get some momentum going? How much of an uphill battle is it? Also, some really good players visiting in June. What are they going to lead for? What are they not going to lead for? Hey, you know what? That's what we got the rest of the week. And if H.A. Hogard and Jaden Akins want to make a decision too, I wouldn't mind talking about that either. All right, guys. You are all the best. Love you all. Go Green.